Hey everyone, welcome to Rocking Your Bald Podcast. I am Jen, your personal nerd equal, Baldy Boo. I am very excited because today I have my friend and fellow alopecian, Natalie. She's going to be sharing her alopecia story, as well as talking about her platform, The Bold and Bear, and a short film that I was actually in entitled, I Like Your Hair. I think you're going to really enjoy today's conversation. Enjoy. Natalie, thank you so much for coming on today. How are you? I'm good. Thanks for having me. Very excited to talk with you about all things alopecia. This is a topic we're both very passionate about, and let's have the listeners get to know you a little bit. Tell us who you are, what you do, and all that fun stuff. So I am Natalie. I am 24 years old. I live in Brooklyn, New York, and I am a designer. I do graphic design, and I also like doing art direction. That's where I want to move my career towards. So with our film, I Like Your Hair, I was the creative director, art director, who came up with the concept for it. I kind of like doing more of that and not just strictly design. So in my day job, I work for a marketing agency that does work with nonprofits and other social causes. It's really cool that your gifts and talents were able to be transferable to something that you're very passionate about. I know when we first met and we started talking about the film and the concept and you said that you were doing everything, I was like, wow, that's that's great. Yeah. In college, my senior thesis was about alopecia, too. I got alopecia while I was in college, so it was very present in my life. So it inspired my senior thesis, and then it inspired this project that we did the film. So it does provide um, good material for creative people. It really does. My first question to you, how did you and alopecia become acquainted? If you could dive in a little bit more into that. So I know, I feel like a lot of people that I've met in the community have had alopecia since they were young like you and several other people I've met. But I didn't get it until I was 20. Um, It was the summer before my junior year of college. I was just about to move to Brooklyn for school, and I was getting my hair done. I was getting highlights in, and my hairdresser paused, and he was like, don't panic when I say this, but do you have alopecia? And I was like, what are you talking about? I was vaguely familiar with the word. I've heard of some people who have had it, but I wasn't entirely informed on everything. And he took pictures of the back of my head and I had two probably like quarter size bald spots. And I was like, oh, um, I've never had that happen to me before, but I guess I'll tell my parents. We'll see what happens. So I told my parents who are doctors and they were like, OK, we'll keep an eye on it. Um, I thought it was just because I was so stressed with college that I just was losing some hair. I didn't think it would advance as much as it did. And then as the year went on, my junior year, more was falling out. I was on some medicines. They didn't work too well. When the pandemic started, the medicine I was on was an immunosuppressant. So I was worried about getting COVID. So I was like, I'm going to stop taking this medicine. So then a lot of my hair started falling out even faster. And then by July of 2020, I decided I just wanted to shave it all off because what was left of my long blonde hair was very patchy, very thin and stringy. Every time I looked in the mirror, I just was like upset seeing myself. So then one of my friends actually photoshopped what I would look like bald and everyone was like, you can rock it. So I shaved my head in July 2020. And then it was patchy. It was areata. It grew back a little bit. Then I ended up falling out again a few months later. And then So I was like completely bald, like December 2020 
until four months ago, my hair's actually been growing back. I've been seeing that on social media with a lot of the pictures you've been sharing recently. I'm wearing a hat right now, but because my hair is up. Oh my God. Sticks up all Look over. At all of it. Yeah. Do you have a full head of hair? I'm pretty sure there's no patches right now. That's what my roommate said. They were looking at it. But yeah, I was completely bald for a long period of time. I also lost, you know, eyelashes, eyebrows, never completely. Maybe eyelashes completely, not my eyebrows completely. Leg hair, like all the body hair and stuff was gone too. But now it's all been coming back. <laughs> That's really great. I'm honestly very happy and excited for you because I know the community that we're in, the Valopetians, one of the things we talk about is if our hair grew back, what would we do? One of the, the common things when we have mental check-ins and we're like, you know, if you can pick one thing to have hair, what would you pick? Most would say eyelashes. Most. That's it's what I would say too. Fake lashes. So I'm like not good at putting them on. If there was one thing I could keep, it was just, it would just be eyelashes. I don't care about the rest. When you got your diagnosis, what was that like for you mentally? You're basically starting a new season of life in your journey. What was that like to have this sudden pivot of life going, hi, here, here's something new for you? Yeah, it was definitely a tricky time that it was happening in. It started falling out right before my junior year. That was a very stressful year of school for me. I had friend drama. I had boy drama. I was just starting to really put myself out there and actually start dating. I had always been super anxious and insecure. And then, of course, once I finally start doing that, it's like, oh, now my hair is falling out. I kind of felt like I was being set back. But then honestly, I think because it happened during the pandemic and I wasn't going places regularly besides my job, I think it did help ease into my new look and my new identity just because it's not like I was forced to go to class every day. I mean, I was on Zoom classes, but it was, I think, a little different adjusting just because, you know, during the pandemic, we were all staying inside and stuff. And I always say that I also think it helps a lot that I went to art school because at art school, people don't care what you look like. Everyone dresses however they want. They have cool hairstyles, all that. So I think I'm definitely lucky that I was in that community, even though it was virtual at that point. But I think it definitely helped being in a community of artists to help accept my um, diagnosis. Yeah, that's a really good point. You and I both understand about how the importance of community. And that's really cool that you had that blessing where you were around such people who embraces um, the way people want to represent themselves and how they actually encourage that as you go through your artistry, because that's the thing about art too, is that your art is ever evolving, ever changing as you're, like you just said, discovering yourself. Because this happened during the pandemic, there's a lot of people that talk about the pandemic very negatively. And it's not to dismiss the negativity of the pandemic. For your story, would you say it was more of um, a blessing rather than a curse because of what you were adjusting to? I, yeah, I think in regards to my alopecia, it was, yeah, obviously, like you said, I don't want to say the pandemic, but it was awful. I lost people in it, you know, but um, like in regards to alopecia, yeah, I think it definitely helped ease into the, the new identity. Another question I had, are you the only person in your family that has experienced alopecia on both sides? Yes. As far as I know, my parents don't recall anyone else having it. We do have autoimmune diseases in my dad's side of the family. I'm hypothyroid. I actually just got my thyroid removed a few months ago. That's what this beautiful scar is, right, kids? So my dad has a few autoimmune conditions and he passed that down to me. So I've got 
like I said, hypothyroidism and alopecia. But no one else that I know of has lost hair. That's similar to my story, too. There's no history of it. And even in my family, there's not a lot of autoimmune disease or conditions. So it was interesting for me going through that. Yeah. So if alopecia, as you discovered, there's a lot of misconceptions. What was that like for you to come into this new reality of you were already on a journey of learning who you are, you get alopecia, and now you have this new layer of misconceptions that come with it? When I initially shaved my head, I was, like I said, living at home during the pandemic up in Buffalo. I was working at my old summer job at a farmer's market. So all of a sudden, I'm this cashier who has blonde hair hidden under a baseball cap because I was always wearing caps since I was losing my hair. And then all of a sudden, one day I come in completely shaved head. I did get people asking questions because when I first shaved it, it was still Ariadne. It was patchy. I didn't get any straight up cancer questions right away. But then mm-hmm. as it began to fell out and I became completely bald. That's when people started assuming that I was sick, that I had cancer or that I had some other kind of illness. I say this happened at the market because that was pretty much the only place I was going during the pandemic. You know, In the beginning, I also wore wigs a lot too, but I didn't wear wigs to work that much just because they were uncomfortable. I would have customers come in my checkout line and be like, how are you feeling? And I would say, I'm good. How are you? <laughs> They'd be like, how's your treatment going? And I would just have to say, oh, I'm not, I'm not sick. I have alopecia. And then they go, oh, okay. And they look confused. And then I explain what it is, or they ask what it is. And it, it gets exhausting having to re-explain to people over and over again, when you just want to be like, I have alopecia, you can go Google it. I want to educate people, but it's not my job. You know, I don't have to do it every time. Yeah, we're still ourselves and we're still a human being and we want to still be treated the same way when we did have hair. When that was happening to you, did you feel the immediate pressure of that situation? Yeah, especially in those scenarios where I would be at work. I'm the employee. These are customers, you know, it's like customers always right. You always got to be, you know, and can't just shut them down. Even though my bosses were fine with me not explaining, they were like, you don't have to explain to people you can just ignore them. But I did kind of feel a pressure especially there um, to be this bright, shiny cashier and be like, oh, that's fine. Let me explain it to you. But then I moved to New York eventually and I got into the design world. And I thought maybe now that I'm in New York, now that I'm in Brooklyn, people aren't going to ask me because in New York, it's kind of like art school. New York's like one big art school. Like people dance however they want. They look however they want. No one asks questions. Everyone minds their own business. But I was surprised to find out that Still in New York, I was getting asked questions. Yeah. That was what sparked the inspiration for our film. One night I was out with one friend and we were waiting outside of a venue in a line to get in. And this girl looked me right in the eyes. And with this kind of like sympathetic look on her face, she said, I love your hair. And I did not have one single hair on my head. I was completely bald. And I did a double take and I looked behind me. And I was like, she talking to me? And I was like, excuse me? And she's like, no, seriously, like, I love your hair. It's beautiful. I just kind of, yeah, I just kind of like, like very subtly chuckled because I didn't want to be straight up rude and laugh in her face. But I was just like, oh, thank you. And then I turned to my friend and she was wide eyed because she'd never experienced that. I've had situations like that happen before where people say that and my friends were never around to them. So this is the first time one of my friends was like, oh, my gosh, like I just watched that happen. And then a few minutes later, someone apparently pretended to grab my bald head. I didn't see them. They were behind me. 
but my friend saw it and said someone just pretended to grab your head so wow it was an interesting night yeah then later i got another comment someone ran past me and said i like your hair or not hair and then they ran away (laughs) and i was like what a night for my bald head hello everyone my name is natalie and it's all about me i know (laughs) like i I like attention but we don't need that look right wow the the, oh okay where do you want to start (laughs) i can understand that being a bald woman myself but actually having someone come up behind you and try to pretend that they were going to grab your head which is invading your personal space that's huge i wonder how many times that's happened and no one's been there to tell me because my friend was there facing me so she saw it and i'm like i wonder how many times it's actually happened and i've been alone and i haven't noticed you know that's actually a, a really good point because for myself, when I'm going to work or running my errands, I'm usually by myself. I've never thought of that. And now that's making me think, huh, I wonder if that's happened to me. And it probably has. And then I never knew. Wow. So these instances inspired this beautiful film. And thank you again for allowing me to be a part of it. It was my first time ever talking about my alopecia story. What other instances and other phrases and other questions? Added fuel to the fire to make this film. Let's see. I mean, like I said, people asking, how's your treatment going? Or just walking up and just not even asking first, like, do you have cancer? Just like, what kind of cancer do you have? Just like a lot of those assumptions or a lot of people saying, you're still beautiful. The still really stings. Oh, yeah. Like, oh, thank you. I needed that because... If you hadn't said that, like, I, I would have thought just because I don't have hair, I'm not beautiful anymore. That one always bothers me. For a lot of us, the thing about alopecia is it brings up insecurities that we have because we're now even more focused upon because we were already different to begin with. We're a different human being with different lights, interests, talents. Now we have something else on the surface that shows even more. Hey, look at this person. They are so super different. And then people just look at that. And for those of us that deal with insecurities, like, so wait, I wasn't beautiful before. And then we have that in our head and battling that. Mm-hmm. When did you really decide that this was something you had to make this film? I like your hair. What what was that last straw on the camel's back? OK, that's it. I'm done. Let's do this. Well, that night that I was telling you about where three different things happened to me regarding my hair or lack of hair the next morning. My friend and I were roommates and our third roommate wasn't out with us that night. But we were sitting around that Sunday morning at the kitchen table telling her what had happened the night before. And we were just talking about it for a while. And we're all creatives. One of them is a photographer and the other is a filmmaker. And we've all we were at that point um, all kind of really looking for an outside project to work on outside of our day jobs and their freelancing jobs. We all needed some kind of creative outlet to do just some kind of project and we always wanted to do something together and blend all our creative skills so I was saying guys can we make a project about my experiences with this like why don't we just use that you know we're looking for something to do and this bothers me that people feel the need to say these things to me so we just kind of were like yeah let's do it and then we sat down and started jotting down things and then our first thing was a call for people to be in the film which is how we found you that morning talking about it and throughout the day we just kind of started building off you know that's really cool that how that inspired this project because it's really needed these stories to be shared 
So talk to me about that process. How did you decide how you were going to film? And it's within our community, you reached out to all of us who was in the area. But explain for those who are listening what that process is like as a creator. It was our first time all working together. So it was kind of like we were learning as we went. And as a creative director, and this being so personal to me, I tried to kind of direct more what I wanted for it, like like the messaging I wanted it to get across. And then, um, so like I said, we started with putting that call out for people who'd be interested in being a part of it. I circulated it on Instagram in our Balturage chat. Another person we found is actually like a model actress in New York. We reached out to her. And once we knew like, okay, we have people to participate in this. Let's get more in depth with what we want to do with it. Um, I didn't direct too much in terms of the specifics for creative. I let my friends do their thing and decide like, I obviously like we all looked at things together, but my friend who was the photographer, I, she came up with a mood board and showed what she wanted for the photos. And my friend who did the film, she had her own ideas of how she wanted to shoot things and how she wanted to put it all together in the post-production. So I was a little more hands-off for that just because they know what they're doing. They're very talented, trusted them to do a beautiful job with it. So we were, got our responses from you and the other three girls and we started planning the outfits that we sourced and the areas where we wanted to shoot outside. We did stuff in our house, obviously, the interviews and stuff, but then the other footage and the other photos we did in our neighborhood. So planning was honestly more them too. We did more of like the, what are we going to ask people? What do we want to hear them talk about? We didn't want to force answers out of anyone that aligned with what I thought, but it, it came very naturally for everyone. I learned that the four of you, very similar situations where you experienced these comments and you felt the same way. I was a little worried when we were coming up with like what we were going to talk about and ask. I was like, I hope they actually feel the same way. Maybe I'm, maybe I just get more angry than other people, but I was relieved to know that this is not just me and that um, it's like a thing that everyone in the community has pretty much dealt with. From your perspective, even though you're the producer, creator, writer, did you feel going through this process that you were more seen and that you didn't feel as alone and isolated that you did before this project? Yeah, I actually feel as we were working on it, my roommates, who already knew me very well and knew how I felt about it, got a deeper understanding of how I feel and how I felt about my hair loss and specifically how these comments make me feel when we were writing the questions, I would think of things and they'd be like, oh, I didn't even think about that. Like, it's a good point. And I'm like, yeah, oh, yeah you didn't think about it because you're not the one, you know, it's like, you don't live what I live. It. Yeah, exactly. And then when we were editing afterwards, my roommate who did the, you know, the film part of it, I was laying in her bed with my eyes closed, listening to what everyone was saying. I would be, oh, that's good. And I'd be like, we don't really need that to condense it all into a short time frame. So I was just laying there and I was like, yeah. listening to what you all were saying in the interviews. And I was able to help shorten it so we could really have our message be direction to the point what was it like for your your roommates to to get into a look of our world how their view has changed and how they have adapted as people who love and support an alopecia what was that like for them i think i mean to begin with like i said they already knew me well they were very used to me they were used to going places with me and I don't know if they've ever actually noticed people looking at me or anything. But then I think after we did this film, they started to be more aware of people saying things to me, 
it was funny after we had like finished making the film like I was out with the other roommate and something also happened where someone came up to me and said something and she was like wow it's funny as soon as we finish this film I'm starting to see these things that happen to you and everything and I think it was cool for them to also meet you and the other three girls because I don't think they really know anyone else with alopecia though I think it is cool not that they were like thought I was like you know like obviously they knew other people in the world have alopecia but I think it's cool to see you guys in person and know that it's not just me like I said they know that it's not just me obviously cool for them to interact with other people and just seeing that yeah a lot of what I was dealing with you guys also have experienced it so that moment came for me even though I had been a part of our support group for a while, you were the first alopecia I ever meet in person. And I've had alopecia since I was five years old. When you told me that and we did that photo together, I have it yeah. on the bridge out because it's so special. I have mine up too. I sent it to a few of my very best friends. I sent it to a few family members who I'm close with and I sent it to my therapist. And I was, <laughs> I met a fellow alopecia today. This is amazing. <laughs> I think you were, you were the second one that I had ever met because little... Emerson from Baltarage um, is from the same city that I grew up in. I had met her when I was working at the farmer's market just randomly one day. But I think she was the first person. And then I think you would have been the second. Wow. What did you notice on those days when you were filming this film with us of the people around you? Because you took us all around different locations in Brooklyn. There were people looking at us, staring at us. We had a bunch of gear with us, but it was also because there are two bald women that we are so hyper-focused on with all the gear that we were carrying. Yeah, I know. It was interesting because I was very, very aware of people staring at us. And part of it, I think, was because we had these big cameras and stuff. And like your outfit was a little more styled and we were wearing t-shirts and shorts, right? Because we're just filming you. So obviously we stood out because we were obviously filming something. But I also did wonder, like, I'm sure all these people are picking up on the fact that we're filming something that yeah. has to do with you being bald because they see you and then they see me who's on this crew bald and I'm sure they make some sort of association that that's what's going on but then I also wondered like I wonder what they think this is how many of them know alopecia is like mm-hmm. they think that we both happen to have cancer and we're doing this project or something yeah it was interesting to speculate like are these people all thinking And if you don't mind me asking, did you have moments where you felt your insecurities were popping up? I know for me, I didn't share this that day because I was trying to be under control. My insecurities were through the freaking roof. Okay. Well, you kept it very cool because I, you did not theme phase. You were the first shoot we did too. So I was not ready. I always get nervous when I'm like, I mean, I used to do photography and stuff when I was younger in high school. I would always be very aware if I was taking photos at an event that everyone was with me. And I'm not that kind of person. I don't like that. So I was very, very on edge, you know, being so like, yeah, in the spotlight, you know, like, hello, look at me. Did you feel that that tension got less and less with every shoot that you did with the with the other cast members? Um, I think a little bit. I do think, though, with you, we took you to that grocery store and that was on a main street in our apartment. So it was busier. I feel like the rest of what we did, I think, well, with one of the girls, it was kind of similar. But the other two, I feel like it was a little more low key, not as many people around. But I, 
I don't know. I still feel like I was very, like, all these people are looking at us and everything. Even though it doesn't matter, whatever. Just very aware. <laughs> How were the other cast members with the filming and sharing their stories? Were they comfortable? Everyone, at least with the interviewing, like answering questions, everything came very naturally for everyone because I think, like I said, we all have experienced these things. So the questions that we were asking, everyone had answers to. Um, and they, like you, like, wanted to talk about it and wanted to be part of this project and, you know, help um, increase awareness for alopecia. But when we were outside, I think they also were, like you said, very aware and probably a little uncomfortable. The one girl who also does modeling and acting, I think, was a little more, you know, comfortable. Yeah. Always that awareness that people are seeing. I think it's safe to say that when we have those moments where we realize people are looking at us. I know for me, my insecurities start to go off like, okay, seriously, stop looking at me. <laughs> but then other times I'm fine. So you do this beautiful shoot. You come to the point that you're, that you've ended and you want to start putting it out there. It ends up on NPR. What was that like for you? So we actually finished it. I think it was the end of July or early August that we actually finished the film and the photo editing. Then we just started working on reaching out to people and pitching the project. And it took a little bit. A lot of places, they want to be involved in the project as it's being made. And since we had already finished it, did the editing, and we were giving them the final product, they were like, oh, we'll pass because they want to hear the pitch before it's even made and then jump on and share it. So it did take a little bit, um, but then eventually... The um, filmmaker, she heard back from NPR. She did an internship there. Yeah, she did an internship there a few years ago. So she had, she reached out to someone she knew or something and they put her in touch with the right people and they said, we want to share your project. By the time this happened, it was probably late August, early September. So they pushed for it to happen quickly because they wanted to get it out during Alopecia Awareness Month. So then it was just a matter of a few weeks. We just had to give them a write-up, um, give them the images they wanted to share, make a few tweaks to the film, you know, to like um, blur out the swear word that's in the beginning, um, that kind of stuff. And then we were just waiting to hear back about the date it was going to be actually shared. So we had this tentative time frame, and it was around the time I was having surgery. So I was like, watch them post it while I'm under, and I have no idea if <laughs> it's going to wake up from surgery and did. But it was actually three or four days after that. But it was definitely cool. And it was finally out. I uh, We found out like the day or two before what day it was going to come out. And the morning I woke up, my mom had texted it to my siblings before I even woke up. <laughs> she was my number oh, one fan. She, she already sent it to everyone she knew. <laughs> oh, that's great. It was cute. Yeah. <laughs> so it published. Mm -hmm. I It was definitely very exciting. A little overwhelming when it was first shared because I was like, we were like deciding like, oh, we need to share it here. Like they're going to, they put the article up, but then they didn't post on Instagram for a few hours. So we were like holding off on sharing anything on Instagram until they shared it on their Instagram. <laughs> I also went on the Instagram comments and I was reading comments and there were some people who weren't saying the nicest things. It was nothing bad, but this one guy was like upset that there were no men in the film. And I was like, we put the call out to everyone. No men responded to us, all right? It's not my fault right. that only women responded. Like, it wasn't intentional, but I mean, I was just kind of like, stop making this about that. You um, can only control what you can control. 
Yeah, exactly. And so I was like, maybe I shouldn't read the comments, you know, but they were mostly positive. I actually, some people reached out to me through the Bold and Bear website and sent messages like some people like, oh, my mom had alopecia when I was growing up and she always wore a wig and she's passed since. But I like never understood how difficult it must have been for her and all that kind of stuff. So I got a few messages like that and it was really heartwarming to hear like how much it impacted some people. I know for me, when I shared it, there was a few alopecians and some of the other places where I shared it. That was not just my personal, personal platforms. One of the the comments that I got that really got my talk to my heartstrings was someone said, I feel seen. That's all she wrote was, I feel seen. And I know I felt that, especially when it was posted and watching the finished products. It's like, really happening. Yeah, I know. I saw people sharing it too and saying, I feel seen or this is so relatable. Everyone watch this so you know how it feels. And I'm like, okay, good. It's not just me who feels this way. I made this and it's resonating with a lot of people, you know? Do you feel like this film in the communities we're involved in has encouraged people to talk more since this has been out? I hope so. I th- I mean, I think I've, I, a lot of people that I know from our Baltaraj community and other people I've met through other support groups have reached out to me. And I think it encourages them to speak more openly or maybe say something to someone who asks, are you sick? Maybe I think it has helped encourage people to, you know, kind of deal with situations like that, Mm -hmm. like however they want. Like you don't have to be sweet and nice and explain to them. You can just say, I'm healthy, I'm fine, you know, and move on and not have to explain your business. So I'm hoping people got that message from it. I hope so, too. With your friends and family that you've shared it with and even with some of your other colleagues, how has their perspective changed since you've done this film? I actually feel it was a surprise for a lot of them. I kind of didn't tell many of them about it as I was working on it. And I wanted to wait till it was out there and show it with them. So many people were so proud of me. Like my boss saw that it got shared on NPR before I even said anything at work. And he shared it. And then they shared it on the company page because they were so proud of me. Oh, um, no, that's my, great. My parents, you know, my dad, he's like, I bookmarked it on my computer. I'm so proud of you. I have it bookmarked everywhere. <laughs> ready to go. Yeah, I think I also like, I mean, I didn't, I never really spoke about it much with coworkers. So I don't know how their perception was before they may have watched. Like I was completely bald when I started in June and no one ever obviously said anything. But I think. I'm glad that like my parents saw it and, you know, reacted like very well to it because sometimes I think because they're from a different generation, they don't as much that like it's acceptable to walk around how we are. We don't need to cover our heads. I have had to have some tough conversations with them before. This is 2022. I'm going to walk around like this. I don't need to have long, luscious hair to be feminine. If you don't understand that, I'm sorry, but I don't want to cover up with a wig. I've had to have some conversations with them regarding that. So I was very happy that like when I sent them the finished product, they were very proud and they thought it was beautiful and so important. I'm so glad that they had that positive to that. From the people I've shared it with, it's gotten a lot of positive feedback too. I'm part of the DEI council at my job and I shared it with two members just to let them know, hey, this is something that I did. It's something that I'm proud of. And they shared it at our next monthly meeting <laughs> with everyone. And That's awesome. <laughs> it's really been a great thing to have to actually have something that I can say, 
here, watch this instead. That's great because I, I feel like the audience we intended it for wasn't even the alopecia community. You know, we wanted it, the target audience is people who aren't familiar with alopecia because we want them to understand how it makes us feel when yeah. they make comments like that. It's great that you're, you know, it got shared throughout your company and like yeah. these people have now a better understanding of what it's like. Yeah, because with the company I work for, with our DEI council, one of the goals we have is eliminating unconscious bias in the workplace. And that definitely, at least with me, as far as I know, I'm still the only alopecia in my company. I wanted to ask you about your bald and bald platform, because that's something else you, you do have. And you mentioned it not too long ago. What inspired you to start that platform? That's Bold and Bear. Sorry, Bear. That was my senior thesis. My major was communications design with a focus in art direction and branding. So for my senior thesis, I wanted to do this sort of initiative that raises awareness for alopecia. Um, like I said, it was probably like less than a year into me having alopecia. So it was very present and on my mind. And I took, you know, I like taking real life experiences and then using them as the basis for work. So I made my senior thesis around the idea of raising awareness for alopecia. So um, just kind of similar process, creating the concept, like what did I want this initiative to do? I wanted to share stories and empower other people with alopecia to be confident and not feel the need to cover up and hide their bald head, but then also raise awareness for people who aren't familiar with it again. So I ended up making the Instagram account as a social platform for it. And I collected I think more than 20 like short Google form responses where people answered a bunch of questions for me and they submitted photos. And then I put it together in a zine, a printed piece. And that was the main deliverable for my senior thesis. But then I also did mock-ups of like advertisements that you might see at a bus stop and stuff like that, just to imagine what it would look like if this were a real thing that was out in the world. So I made a website for it. I did the zine. I have the social media page. Um, and then, you know, I kind of like, that was all I did for like, with my senior thesis. I had just been like posting the like quotes from people and photos. And then when we started the film, we kind of, it was like made like, in collaboration with Bolden Bear, but Bolden Bear is just me. But um, it was kind of like we made it like the, me, me and my roommates made it as a project, but as a part of Bolden Bear. That's really cool. So now that you have these two successful things under your belt, Bolden Bear and I like your hair, what's next? I honestly, we haven't really thought too much about what more we want to do with it. We got it put on NPR. It was shown at the Bronx Documentary Center a few months ago, too. Um, that was like oh, the great. first public screening of it. Other than that, I'm not sure like if we want to keep like sharing it with other places. We haven't really discussed too much. I feel like it happened in September and then, you know, as the fall and winter speeds up, you get busy with holidays. So, yeah, um, I'm not really sure what's next i don't know if we're gonna keep on this topic and do something else we haven't really planned like another thing i don't know if we would do another thing relating to alopecia depends you know if something else happens to me that sparks a need to like communicate a message right i don't know 
How was the response at the other event with the live screening? It was good. We, it was like kind of like um, a um, like multiple films were being shown. So there were four films being shown, like four short films. So it was like more like a Q&A with the filmmakers. So my friend was up there speaking about it and people asked questions and everything. The reception seemed well. That's great. Yeah. <laughs> Since you've been on this journey for a while now and you've, you've gone through dis- different seasons and phases, how would you encourage someone who may just be getting the diagnosis for the first time that they have alopecia or maybe they've been on the journey for a little while and they're just really feeling the struggle in the trenches living with it? How would you encourage someone that might be listening today? I think um, what's really important is getting involved in the alopecia community. I think it helps so much. I never really got involved with like any alopecia community until I started working on my senior thesis. Before that, I didn't really talk to many people with alopecia. And I feel once I started going on Zoom calls and talking with other people, it just helped me accept that I'm not the only one like this. I have other people who are going through the same thing as me and we can support each other. Every time I hang up, from the Baltarage call, it's just kind of this nice relief, I feel, because, you know, you spend like an hour and a half staring at a screen full of people who look like you. You don't get to see that every day. So it's yeah, just like a nice that. reminder. I think it's really important. And then besides the community itself, the alopecia community, I think it's really important having a support system of like friends and family. If I didn't have my friends throughout the three or four years that I've had alopecia, constantly supporting me and like reminding me that. I am a beautiful person with or without hair. If I didn't have that, I don't know if I would be like as strong as I am today. I completely agree. I don't know where I would be without the community that we are in and my support system. It has really made the world, uh, the world of difference for me. So I, I agree. Natalie, thank you so much for coming on today and rocking your balls with us and being open and transparent. This has been great. Can you please tell people where they can find you? You can find Bold and Bear on Instagram at bold.and.bear. I always forget how many kids are in it, but if you look it up, you'll find it. It'll be yes. in the description episode. Yes. And then boldandbear.org is the website. And you can also find the rest of my design work on my website, nataliemarinides.com. If you want to just see other things that I've worked on as well. All of that will be in the episode description. So make sure you check that out and give Natalie a follow. Well, thank you again, Natalie, for so much for coming on. This has been great. Thank you for having me. Nice to see you again. It's been a while. (laughs) It's been a while. I need to do a New York meetup of our own. Yeah, definitely. Yeah.